you an influencer? Is everybody an influencer? Well, what about the people that are actually trying to be influencers and call themselves influencers? This week, we're going to talk about the role of veterinary influencers in the bigger scheme of the veterinary profession this week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. Becky, we're going to talk about some tough stuff today because we're going to go into that word that I don't think you like called influencer. Better than COVID. Before we get into this discussion, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, tell us about this be in your bonnet uh, called influencers on yeah, social well, media. It's a lot going on on I, specifically Facebook, I think, because there's a little more ranting uh, platform availability there maybe yeah. than some other ones. Um, you know, TikTok says you only get to complain for 30 seconds, uh, but Facebook <laughs> lets you go on. But, you know, it's like a lot of talk lately about influencers. And so there's this, um, you know, kind of a bit going around that says, hey, we're all influencers, which is very true. Like if you're posting in social media, if you're you're in front of an audience, you, you do have some influence, all voice and actions do. And then kind of the impact of that and what the message is. And is there a message? And that's sort of what the other side of the argument I've been hearing is like, be aware because, yes, we are all influencers, but some are working a little harder than others to be influencers or at least be seen. And that brings a responsibility with the message. Okay. So I think that's the first thing I want to ask you about. So you're right. There is this this concept that we all influence each other. It's the ripple effect. The butterfly wings in China cause the you know waves in, in Indonesia. Well, whatever, right? Um, yeah, I agree with that. But then there are these people that are saying, hey, I'm flapping my wings over here. <laughs> look, look, yeah. looky. And I think that's really where it starts to step over the bounds, right? I think Becky, we're really we want people to educate in a positive fashion, educate in evidence-based medicine, for for example, right? I mean, is that kind of where the divide begins? I, I think it depends on the day, right? And like how petty we want to be, right? Is it's because the thing is, is sometimes it's great influence, right? Like, have you seen these scrub hoodies? Hello, yeah. life changing. <laughs> Thank you, whoever influenced me into that. Um, but then also think about these crazy cinnamon challenges and tide eating challenges, right? Like it, it, now you're influencing and you're influencing in like a really dumb, potentially deadly way. Um, obviously going down some side streets there from the veterinary industry. But it's like I think we don't always think about how our actions and in this complacency of social media can be impactful. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I've got a confession. I saw something on Instagram the other day that really lit me up, okay? There was a an equine veterinarian, and there's a rap song playing in the background, and this veterinarian is squirting lube into her gloved hand, and the song is playing the lyrics in a rap fashion, saying something about, you know where this bout to go, and then, of course, it shows a rectal palpation. That is not the kind of influence that I want for my profession, you know, because I know, Becky, that's going to attract this kind of maybe slightly different crowd. And more importantly, how does that portray the veterinary profession in any professional fashion? How are we, you know what I'm saying? So is that the kind of stuff that, that gets you upset? 
I get on the <laughs> fence about it because it's like I don't want to be judgy about it. And I know that we need to embrace our sense of humor here in the industry. I think sometimes what can be forgotten is that it isn't completely limited to our industry. Maybe um, like on Instagram, you know, you you know, it's not going to be there's people outside of the veterinary industry. Maybe if you have a closed group on Facebook that, you know, is very carefully vetted to be people that are probably going to have your sense of humor and understand why that's funny. But I think if my clients saw that, it would be like a probably pretty uncomfortable thing to try to have to explain why that's funny. (laughs) Right. What if that were your horse, right? And then the other thing is it kind of feeds into this negative stereotype, at least in my opinion, of like, you know, when when I tell some people that I'm a veterinarian, typically you kind of get these little giggles and smirks and it's like, you know, do you stick the finger up their butt or have you put your whole arm up a cow's rear? You know, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do a lot. Right. So I don't know that those things are positive. So, so like that's an influence that I would say we should probably question ourselves. Now, obviously you're right. I mean, maybe I'm sounding judgy and I don't mean to be, I'm just trying to give an illustration, Becky, of, of, I think where you start to become unsettled, right? Because you know, you're, you're, this is something that is, is concerning you. Yeah. Well, I think it concerns so for, it concerns me because it, it concerns my profession, right? And that's where I try to support, to talk, to bring light. But then also, I've had some tw- guilt, okay? Because there are people who are talking about. First of all, imposter syndrome is so real, and I think this is probably one of the things that bothers me about it. It's like, hey, you do you, boo, um, and, and and fight off the imposter syndrome, and then like a forty-five minute Facebook live about why you suck for doing you, or why it's not okay to, and why you're not doing you in a way that meets their needs. And so I think that's kind of the part that's like, oh gosh, because. For me, if I'm called an influencer, I get really super uncomfortable. Like, I literally think you and I are just on a Zoom call talking. And then when I go places and people say, like, oh, I love your podcast or listen to your podcast, I am always surprised, equally as surprised anyone ever other than my mom admits to listening to this podcast. (laughs) Even when you tell me the numbers, I'm like, you're making it up. You're just making me feel good. It's not a thing. So it's important to a lot of people. It's really important that you have the education behind what you're saying, that you're offering a solution. There's like a checklist of criteria that they feel you have to have to be in, I guess they're implying acceptable as an influencer. And I don't know that I check all those boxes and I've never really self-evaluated in a way to check those boxes. I know that I get enough feedback that says you helped me and Hey, thanks for today's podcast. It meant a lot. Um, that I feel like we're doing a good thing. But then it's like I instantly, and again, that's the imposter syndrome. I'm like, oh gosh, I wonder if that's me. Am I doing a bad job influencing or am I influencing in a negative way if every podcast we do doesn't end in some kind of solution and some kind of um, you know, direct representation or resource? Right. And, and you're right. I mean, that is part of our how we founded this podcast was to say, hey, we want to offer solutions, real tangible things that people can take action on and actually get to work on next week. Um, so I think that we try try, but we don't always succeed and that's fine. But let's get back to this, this term influencer. I think maybe for me, it's become corrupted because I think it, it almost comes into the same realm of like salesperson or pitch person, or, you know, well, you know, you can be paid to influence something as opposed to like education. And I know that, look, Gen X, you know, we, we a lot of, we have a lot of different 
attributes, but one of them really is this sense of freedom of information. I mean, we are the people that kind of set up what we're listening to right now. And I think that this freedom to educate is is really at the foundation of what I'm trying to do, especially with this podcast and the, and the few things that I post out there on social media. So Becky, is it the term influencer? I know that triggers you a little bit, but you know, do you think that it has become now morphed into something that that feels less authentic and genuine. First of all, if we could get paid to do this, let me know. And if getting paid makes you an influencer, then I get to take myself off that list because right. nobody getting paid here. No. You know, it's it's because you have a passion about education and talking and supporting your profession. So I do think influencer has gotten jaded because influencer doesn't necessarily equate to expert. But I'm not necessarily trying to be an expert, so I don't necessarily want to be called that either. And I'm not entirely sure I want to be labeled. Um in our industry, we have a lot of people influencing that are not from our profession, and that's stressful. Um, and there is a – it is now like a profession. I want to be an influencer. Like you said, I want to get paid. This is my goal. I'm going to live to post on TikTok and Instagram at these times for these companies with these hashtags. Um if just getting out in public and running your, you know, your your thought train out loud is being an influencer, then I guess guilty as charged. But I don't know. Is it a bad thing or a good thing? And do I have to meet a certain criteria to be a good influencer? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting dichotomy. So if I look back at sort of my career and, and how I got to where I am today, like I never spoke, wrote, did anything outside of my clinics uh, for the first seven years of practice ownership. Right. Yeah. And then reluctantly, because I didn't, I wasn't really sure if I a, had anything you know, substantial to share with the world or B, if this is something I wanted to enter into because I was so busy in my clinics, you know, I was drug into this world and they said, hey, you know, write an article. I mean, you're a writer, do this. And it, and it became this other thing. I think now the dichotomy is there are like people that while they're in veterinary school or whatever school, but we're going to limit it to, to our profession, that they're becoming, quote unquote, influencers in veterinary school. Again, not to judge, but it's a whole different mindset, Becky. You know, it's like, like, like you just mentioned, it's like there are people that apparently are setting out to say, well, I want my job to be a social media influencer, which yeah. is kind of baffling. And maybe it's okay, but you know, I got to tell you, it's still like, I think we're feeling this out and we're going to have to make sure that there is an authenticity to this, that it's not someone who is so trying to seek fame or fortune. You know, I don't know, man, I guess I'm a purist. I'm an old school person when it comes to the vet profession. I want to protect it at all costs. And these things sometimes make me nervous. Yeah, and I also don't think that there is this generation that is now hitting college that has just always been, you know, they were born into my space. Um, you know, they, half of them are like Facebook, ew, old people. There's now like some new platform of Facebook that I, I don't even, I've heard the word, I don't know, I can't remember what it is now. I'm not that cool. Um, but it's constantly changing. And so I think there is a sense of also like, hey, my life has been on camera always. And so I just went from being like, you know, volleyball Josie to, you know, vet student Josie and and follow me on my journeys. So I think to some extent there is just sort of like, hey, I my I, I am so used to displaying my life in, in pictures and photos and in 30 second quips that that's just my habit and how I, I run my life. Um, and and that's okay. But then I, I try to try to figure it out. Like, who are you 
is this for your friends, your family? Is this for clients? Is this for other veterinary professionals? And the responsibility of knowing kind of everybody has an eye on that. And you wouldn't just go into any room and make particular jokes. That's sort of how I feel like about social media is it's like, if you don't know your exact audience, you still kind of have to be careful about your content. Yeah. And it gets me back to that horse. I mean, if I was the owner of that horse, you know, and hopefully, hopefully it was actually that person's horse, but you know, I would not be thrilled that that was my horse that you're doing that. Well, it's actually caused a lot of problems, right? Even in the, in at least, especially in the early days of social media and kind of phones on the floor at work all the time, because we're taking pictures all the time and such where clients would find their pets on social media and be really pissed about it. Um, so point. so the the policies are very important in the hospital. But then what happens when it's like your employee outside of the hospital making a name um, or perhaps, perhaps becoming an influencer? That How does that link back to your hospital? And how does it are, – are they representing in a way that, you know, you would want an employee to? And do they have the ob- obligation to do so? So I think we really start to get into some multifaceted issues here when we start just putting our lives out, especially – our lives around our professions. Like, you know, you can't, mental health professionals can't do that. Right, right. And I didn't run for political office until I had sold my clinics, right? I mean, yeah. so, you know, there were certain boundaries for me on a personal level that I just wasn't comfortable crossing. So, Becky, let's let's kind of morph this a little bit further. So now, you know, there is this, this argument, and I make this argument, quite frankly, that, okay, if we don't do it ourselves, if we aren't the quote-unquote veterinary influencers, then we just provide a vacancy for some uncredentialed, unlicensed, self-proclaimed pet expert, which we've seen that. And it drives me crazy. Guys, if you are a loyalist, (laughs) you know you've heard me rant about this for years. But more importantly, long before the podcast, I was talking about this 20 years ago because I would go into these media situations, whether it was television or radio or print, and suddenly it'd be like, hey, yeah, we got the vet. But, you know, we're also thinking about getting this person over here who who specializes in kittens, right? And you're like, wait, what? What did she go to school? What did she do? Well, I don't know. She was in marketing, you know, but she had a litter of kittens. And so now she's a, a kitten expert. And so, yeah. so you know, I, I kind of land, Becky, with, okay, I'd much rather any veterinary influencer be in that conversation as opposed to any self-proclaimed, unlicensed, uncredentialed pet influencer. Well, yes, and let's take that to the higher level to say that several of those people have been invited to major conferences. Um, Several of those people have been given keynote speaker lectures or featured as experts in their area in front of veterinary professionals, which I think is a real big slap in the face. And so then it makes you wonder, like, what is the criteria? Is it really just follows? Is it is it a great face or a great body or well? That's purely why I'm on podcasts (laughs) because (laughs) none of the above. Like, what I know, what is the criteria? And and again, it's fine. It's just that, like, like I said, you do you. What makes you feel good? But then there's this like frustrating situation of like, well. I'm going to have to undo what you did if you don't do it right. And you're taking a responsibility by educating um, and demonstrating. And so you do have an obligation to to talk about or show all sides because journalism is journalism, no matter how advanced it becomes with technology. Yeah. And again, you know, we, we did a podcast alluding to it, but we at one of our major veterinary conferences, continuing education 
conferences. The keynote speaker was a person who is quoted multiple times. He he just, I think he, if he graduated from high school, he probably just got his GED, but he claims that the reason he doesn't believe in education or reading books is because you can't learn dog training and animal behavior in a classroom or in a formal structure, you know, and it's like, okay, well, we're here because we have to actually get education for our license. And this is the person you're putting on stage. Look, I I get this does bother me. It troubles me. And you're right. The reason that he was selected for this and paid a lot of money to give this little talk is because, like you said, Becky, he has a lot of follows. He's very popular, whatever. But what is the message that it's really sending to the profession? And I would argue to the world. Is the message really that hey, all these vets, y'all got these fancy educations, but look at me over here. I just worked my way up. And it's like, okay, there are plenty of jobs where you can do that, but medicine, I do not think is one of them. Yeah. And and unfortunately, these same individuals are actually kind of honored. I've seen those really long lines for their signatures of my very own colleagues. And again, a lot of these, you know, we talk about these um, folks that we see out there having huge followings when... I sometimes feel like they're sort of just fueling fires or they're just sort of drumming up rhetoric. Um, They're just kind of getting on ranting, raving, venting, or they're getting on and they're just like um, educating in one area or they're talking in one area. And it's, again, maybe not super constructive. And what we're just seeing is just a whole bunch of people then getting like worked up on the point. And I think with so much of the like disconnect and you and I have talked about this and we'll talk about it more in the future is this disconnect between staff and clients and especially now in, you know, curbside service, like having these vent sessions, I don't know if it, if it drives the wedge better or if it just gets it off our chest. Yeah. I think it just gets us off our chest. It polarizes us even further against clients. I mean, this is creating an adversarial environment in my opinion. I mean, because you're right, Becky. And one of the reasons that, you know, if you find it, if you wonder why I'm not like all over Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff, uh, you know, it's because I just, it's just gotten too much for me because we are seeing more of our colleagues get out there and rant and rant and rant. And people think, Oh, well, it's a private closed group or whatever people, there are screenshots. You can take your phone and video and that stuff is getting out. And I don't like driving wedges between us and the pet owning public. I mean, I love serving the public. Of course, it's a pain in the butt sometimes. Of course, people are really crappy to us other times. But the reality is this is this is who I am. And so I don't I don't believe it serves any positive purpose for me to get on Facebook or wherever and just go, oh, my gosh, this lady today, she really, really did this and that. I just don't see where that helps solve the problem. No, and it's funny because you say that because it makes me think about like, well, so, you know, first of all, we talk about client shaming a lot, right? And like, um, I've seen so many TikToks and Instagram videos and reels of people shaming clients and actually, honestly, making fun of clients for things that I actually agree with the client about. (laughs) I think the the veterinarian that's ranting is actually wrong, but um, I, I, I hate the shaming factor. But okay, then you see these Instagrams like passenger shaming. That's a great Insta feed because people do crazy, ridiculous things. And there's like a quick little snap of, you know, like somebody's bare foot in between the seat on the airplane. Okay, maybe we can shame that a little bit because it's anonymous. But it's this like incessant venting. It's like this it's like this long going conversation that now has this like constant um, negative perpetuation as opposed to, well, that's actually kind of funny. And I'm going to kind of say 
wow, we can't make this stuff up and move on. Right. And this is why, Becky, you know, I've been very vocal over the past almost decade now when these other kind of Facebook or social media types of groups pop up and they really serve as a venting platform, right? So you go there and you talk about how awful things are. Well, the problem with that, in my opinion, is that if that's something that you go to regularly, then your worldview becomes very biased quickly because suddenly you see only bad interactions with clients. You see only traumas in the world. You only see catastrophes in people's personal lives. And I think if you just feed yourself a constant diet of that negativity, then pretty soon soon your worldview becomes negative. You know, I, I will often argue that, you know, you see what you wish to see in the world. So if you go around, as I say, you know, looking for the good in others and catch someone doing something good every day, then you tend to see a lot more good things in the world. That doesn't mean that bad things don't happen to me, but I'm just looking for the good stuff more. But I tell you, Becky, if you start going around saying, oh gosh, here's another client. This lady hasn't been here in three years. This one's going to go, oh crap. Guess what? That is going to be a crappy experience. I almost guarantee. Yeah, you're right. And I think it also dilutes out the ones that are doing great. I mean, we know that there are, you know, to flip the rhetoric, great Facebook groups, great Instagrams that are super educational, that are really doing good in our industry. Um, Anesthesia Nerds is one that comes to mind first and foremost. But, you know, what Tosh and Darcy and Stephen and all of the admins, I think – I'm, maybe Liz is one. I don't know. They're what they're doing out there. I, I regularly see like, hey, question, and they're educating and they're working together, and they they have they have nailed that admin process down, and and it is a camaraderie in there. There is no shaming. Um, everyone is very kind. They they, they really stick to the. They're the ones doing it super right, and I don't want to see resources like that diluted out by. You know, some veterinarian who decides he's an expert in an area, he's never gotten any actual education, and we end up spending a lot of time trying to re-educate around the actions that are on, you know, and being demonstrated. Yeah, it's it's a fair point. And it just, again, I just, viewfinders, I really, we want to hear from you on this, but you know, what what are you consuming, right? When we talk about social media and how prevalent it is in our lives, you really then need to check, well, what am I actually taking in all the time? Because if it's a lot of nonsense and a lot of ranting and raving, I'm telling you, I don't know that that's a positive thing. And that's one of the reasons why I really have, you know, I've just continued to take further and further steps away from it. I enjoy it. You know, I post whenever we have a new podcast out or when I have something that I think is worth sharing. But, you know, honestly, Becky, at the end of the day, I really want to just do like positive stuff that I think is has some you know educational benefits for people as opposed to just, you know, just whatever. Now, that's not to say that I don't share pictures on Instagram for my personal life because, you know, there's lots of things I want to share because I have a lot of my friends that are on my Instagram. But, you know, the point being that I just want us to say, is this really making a positive contribution? And that's what we try to do with a podcast, Becky. You know, and, and yeah, obviously we have varying degrees of success, and this might be a great example of, of a failure. But the reality is, you know, we want us to do it. I, I kind of want to end the conversation today, Becky, with this concept, right? So us even highlighting this, are we in risk of deterring the next really great educational influencer, right? You see what I'm getting at? Like, uh, you know, if we even raise these topics, if we raise these questions, are we somehow thwarting future progress? I don't know. You know, there'd be no way I could crystal ball answer that. But what I hope we can do is shape future progress um, in the sense of just giving some people food for thought. And that's really all we're here for. You know, we we're we're the ones that aren't providing a solid resource or answer every single time. And I, I don't feel bad about that because a lot of it is just 
starting a conversation. A lot of it is just planting those seeds and letting you take it for what you need to take it for because there's no way we're going to have a a cookie cutter answer for everybody. People have different levels of confidence and assurance and and goals. Um, And we're simply just asking for a reflection. And Becky, what about the the need for transparency? Because what I what I have found and where I get a little critical of some of my colleagues is that, you know, they are this is blatantly being paid for, but yet you don't quite get it. But yet I know because I know people in the industry and they're like, oh, yeah, we're using him or her for something, you know, to promote. I mean, do you think that some of this transparency is being lost with veterinary professionals? Probably. I would say probably, but like I said, I'm not getting paid, so I don't actually know how that all works. And like, if they are, well, darn it. But like, I guess they're doing it right. I don't know. Maybe. But there should, I mean, 100% be transparency. And I wonder if we won't end up down the road where we were, what, 10 years ago with the pharmaceutical company where there was like a serious lockdown and like now you can't even give a pen because it is considered some kind of bribe. And so, Will you and your license eventually be attached to an obligation that way? Um, And will that hinder or excel it? Yeah, that's a really good point because uh, what Becky's alluding to is the fact that a lot of the social media, like whenever, if you were to sponsor somebody putting a picture or a post or whatever up, you know, the the laws are kind of murky. I mean, I know the people will tell you, oh no, this is locked down, but it's really not. And that's why a lot of people are pursuing micro influencers because they can do it. They can deploy a small amount of money and, you know, influence a few hundred or a few thousand people or they can spend more money and do millions. But the reality is they're doing this because they can. And you you know, a lot of the traditional ways of like getting things out, the messages out just don't work anymore. And so, you know, like if you're a medium sized pharmaceutical company or a food company in the, the pet space, guess what, Becky, it's a lot cheaper to do some influencer marketing as opposed to saying, well, let's do a television commercial. Yeah, so I hear. <laughs> it's really cheap to do it with me, friends. Check me out. <laughs> and if you'd like outside. to sponsor the podcast, just let us know. You can reach us. No, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's absolutely true. And the thing about it is they're the ones getting in front of people. People don't even watch TV anymore, let alone commercials. Like, unless you're going to run a YouTube commercial, you are really having to get creative in the marketing space to get in front of people anymore. That's for sure. Yeah. So if you find us, what do you think about this? I mean, you know, are we just being too hard on the influencer category in general? I mean, maybe we've just gotten it all wrong. Maybe the Gen Xers just don't see it the way you guys see it anymore. I don't know. I really want to hear your opinions and perspectives on this. I think what I'm trying to do more than anything is to protect the integrity of the profession. And I'm sure that lots and lots of people feel the same way and we have lots of different opinions, but I just want to make sure that every time that there is a DVM or VMD out in front of a message or an RBT, CBT out there in front of some some promotion, that it is representing the profession truly and it's giving an educational positive benefit. I know that's pie in the sky. I know that's over ambitious. But, you know, Becky, that's really what I want to do. And, and I've tried to live my life this way. And I just, I think, like you said, Becky, maybe we can just influence this next future so that we can help shape it and make it a little better. I think that's what I'm trying Would to say. Would you call that, Dr. Ernie, your birthday wish? <laughs> I might call it my birthday wish. We are recording this on my birthday. Uh, and yes, I, I think it is a birthday wish. These are all wishes for all of us. But the reality is, you know, Uh, I have been doing this a long time, and so I I really, you know, as much as we are critical of our organizations and our profession from time to time, you know, it's only because Becky and I love this profession so much. We give 
our heart and soul to it. This is what we do literally 24-7. I mean, Becky, you're having, I mean, we're having conversations at all hours, all days. And, you know, <laughs> and, and we wouldn't do it if we weren't so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Heck, we wouldn't be nearly four years into a podcast just okay. because, you know, because uh, we love this. I mean, this is why, why we show up. That's right. And it's because we love you guys. So would you please head on over to Instagram or Twitter because that's where he hangs out. Tell Dr. Ernie happy belated <laughs> birthday by the over there. get this tomorrow. <laughs> he won't see it on Facebook if you say it. That's where I said it. Um, and make his birthday wish come true. Head over to iTunes. Give us a five stars and a couple comments so that other influencers can get this conversation and uh Hopefully grow the conversation, you know, before it, it grows itself. <laughs> hey, and viewfinders, I want to know if you feel the way I feel. So, like, I am pretty absent from social media, especially Facebook, most of the time. But every year, the day after my birthday, I feel compelled and obligated to go to Facebook and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to all the people that wish me happy birthday. Yes. Am I the only person who feels no. that kind of pressure? <laughs> it's a lot of pressure, but also... Uh, you know, especially in COVID, let's just embrace it. Let's just call it a birthday party. Let's just send some love and and do life because we all really need it right now. And I do appreciate all those thank yous because, like, you know, you see these random people. It's like, oh, yeah, I went to high school with that guy. All right. Oh, yeah. I see. She's over here in Boise now. Fantastic. Right. Great, great, great. Yeah. Wishing you the happy B day. Yes. And sadly, I am not the person who feels compelled to wish everybody happy birthday because I'm not on Facebook enough to actually see the I guess, does it still tell you, like, so it's, it's Becky's birthday? Is it still do I stuff like that? That's the only reason I knew it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Viewfinders, we That's hope you've true. enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> it's a bit of a ramble today, but it was something that definitely, you know, Becky wanted to discuss with you guys, and we really want to hear your feedback. We know that we don't have the answer for this one, but we do think it's worth us talking about because these are the tough topics that we need to tackle as a profession. Until next week, we hope you stay safe and healthy. Can't wait to talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Oh, hey. We did it. We, yeah. did, we did something. <laughs>